0: Welcome to The Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. Down in the States, uh, it was big news today. Let's get ourselves into the big lead here tonight.
1: The big lead on The Shift.
0: It really is the big story of the day. It it truly is. Democratic President-Candidate Joe Biden Tuesday taps Senator Kamala Harris of California as his choice for vice president, uh, his campaign told supporters uh, in a text message that went out to to the database Harris is 55 she becomes the first black woman on a major presidential ticket in the US history providing him with a partner well suited to go on the attack against Republican president Donald Trump i look forward to the debates the most that's going to be fun especially the pence Harris debates? Man, those are going to be good. As a state prosecutor in California, she has a record of going after severe uh, prison sentences for marijuana use convictions and was generally considered to be on the far right of the Democratic primary field of candidates. With a a really nice introduction to the whole story, uh, this is a presentation uh, that was provided by NBC.
2: A former rival, now running mate, Joe Biden naming Senator Kamala Harris of California as his choice for vice president. In a social media announcement, Biden calling the former prosecutor a fearless fighter for the little guy and one of the country's finest public servants. The two sparred bitterly in early debates when Senator Harris was herself running for president. But they share a deep connection through Harris's friendship with Biden's son, Beau, who passed away from brain cancer. Biden promised months ago to pick a woman for his running mate. And following the nationwide protests touched off by the police killing of George Floyd, pressure grew to select a woman of color.
3: We're pressing through at a time that people are reaching out to each other, wanting to see this country live out its true creed. And this is a big, big step.
2: President Trump on Fox Sports Radio today saying Biden roped himself in by vowing to choose a woman.
3: Some people would say that men are insulted by that, and some people would say it's fine.
2: He's appealing to, I think, those in his base who are concerned about over political correctness. This gives an opportunity to lift up a new generation of female leaders. With Biden holding a sizable lead over President Trump in several recent polls, the campaign is seeking to make history without making too many waves.
0: All right. So that's that's the basic summary of everything that is going on down in the states. So there are many different perspectives and angles to all this. So to give us more information and insight, because this really did take over uh, all things Twitter, all things online, all things commentary through the course of the day today. Um, let's dig into it. Here is some audio from Global News Washington correspondent Reggie Chikini.
4: Well, look, the response has been uh, as we would have expected, uh, especially from members inside the Democratic Party, uh, congratulating Harris, saying that this was kind of the expected choice. It's kind of the similar sentiment we're hearing from the Trump campaign as well, saying that this was, uh, you know, essentially the choice that everybody knew was going to happen, calling it essentially a safe pick. We're also hearing from former President Barack Obama, uh, who released a statement uh, saying that, you know, this uh, kind of uh, exemplifies how important uh, of a decision this is using the person that he chose. So we are getting reaction from the highest ends of the Democratic Party right now and from within the Trump campaign.
0: So the thing that always blows my mind because when we see parties in Canada, like the Conservative Party is going to have the new leadership uh, thing here very shortly. And the you know, those two people go at it head to head, but it doesn't mean there's going to be an election right away, right? So they, they don't have a running mate the same way. I mean, they support the leader even if they lose. But the reality is down in the States, these two people, they were running against each other for the spot that Biden took. And it wasn't always pleasant. Remarkable. Here's more from Reggie Cicchini.
4: They were running against each other. uh, And, you know, if anybody does remember or did watch the uh, debates uh, up on stage when Kamala Harris was uh, a candidate, she did spar with uh, Vice President Biden about his decisions over busing uh, uh, back decades earlier. uh, And she was emotional on stage. And some people started to criticize her for potentially being too ambitious, for potentially using too much emotion. uh, And it really did kind of strike a nerve with the Biden campaign because the two of them share a friendship through uh, his late son, Beau. But at the end of the day here, she she is an elected official she does have a fairly solid track record behind her both as a district attorney as an attorney general and as a senator uh and and uh you know vice president biden is a two-term vice president he understands the importance of this position and saw that in kamala harris
0: so lots of records being set down in American politics these days. Is it a record? I guess it's a lot of firsts. Maybe that's a better way to say it. There's an awful lot of firsts happening in American politics. And uh, this is going to be another one because if they get elected, it's going to be the highest office held by a black woman in the United States.
4: Well, look, this is this is it, it's important, but it's also historic in this country. There have been three female vice presidential candidates on a ticket before Kamala Harris now is the fourth, but she's the first black woman. She's the first person of Indian descent uh, to be on that ticket. And she is now uh, kind of part of this growing shift uh, and change across the United States uh, as they really grapple with these racial injustices that have been going on, not only since the death of George Floyd earlier this year, but really for decades and if not centuries, but inside of a Democratic Party that is no longer longer a kind of an old white establishment that now includes many minority communities, communities of color. Uh, This is that representation that they have been looking for uh, at the federal level now potentially going to the second highest office in the country.
0: Reggie Cicchini is the global news correspondent down in Washington, D.C. He's in and around this stuff all the time, gets all the inside scoop. And one of the pieces of the puzzle is, of course, all the reporters, they all update each other and know what's going on. So he has some fantastic perspectives. Now, all the accolades uh, that she has, Kamala Harris, don't uh, escape her from some criticisms, too. She has a record of punitively pursuing jail time for users and carriers of marijuana.
4: Yeah, there are uh, there are criticisms of her past performances uh, sitting in, in the judicial side uh, of, of the office, uh, especially when it came to uh, issues involving police brutality and, and, like you said, marijuana convictions. These are things that were discussed when she initially threw her hat in the ring for president. Uh, they were things that were discussed when Joe Biden uh, initially said that she may be among that list of contenders. But the issues in her past uh, are things that she says that she has worked to change. She has kind of changed her viewpoint and her stance on the issues that she used to be uh, kind of in charge with dealing with when she was the, uh, the attorney general. Uh, and now going forward, uh, she does still have incredibly strong political clout in this country, uh, notably being incredibly anti-Trump, uh, but also in her ability to kind of draw in support. Uh, and she did bring in a lot of money for the Biden campaign and for the Democrats uh, at a June fundraiser. So this is going to be also a financial benefit for Biden.
0: So I wonder how that goes over, right? I mean, what would life be if we didn't grow and change and learn new things and maybe roll back some of our mistakes from the past for sure. But all those people that had marijuana things, uh, you know, charges, and she went right after them hard for those to be super punitive. And now she's like, yeah, well, maybe I've learned it's not so bad. I mean, she wouldn't succeed in Canada anymore. Definitely. That can't be good, right? There's some dude or dudette somewhere that's sitting, you know, punished heavily going, the lady who went after me is now trying to go for vice president. She says it's no big deal, but that doesn't mean my sentence goes away. That one's going to come back and bite her for sure. Everything that's been going on, though, is going to change the messaging of the campaign now that these two are together.
4: Well, it's going to allow for the Biden campaign to now put out a joint kind of statement anytime there is any kind of ad buy on any of the TV stations in the country. It's no longer solely going to be uh Trump Pence and then a Joe Biden uh kind of head to head. There is now uh, a history with Kamala Harris that can be included uh in in these ads that are purchased. Uh, it's also going to be uh you know setting the stage for debates if and when they happen. We now know that Vice President uh Mike Pence is going to have somebody to go up against uh when uh when these debates happen for the vice president. And oftentimes, the vice presidential debates get lower ratings. They oftentimes aren't watched as much. Uh, But this is going to be uh, kind of a pivotal moment for the Democrats uh, as they really try to move forward and bust through what has been four years of solid red in the White House uh, as they try to kind of get their feet in.
0: That's going to be the good stuff right there is going to
4: be the vice president debates though. That's going to be the good stuff.
0: I promise you that'll be the real good fireworks. Okay. So if Kamala Harris is running for the leadership wants to be the president, then doesn't get it drops out then gets to be the vice president. If they get elected, does that mean that she still wants to be the president? Reggie Chikini says, maybe
4: it's not a surprise at all. Now, she is being criticized for those presidential aspirations. There are some uh, uh, people within the political world and really within the U.S. as a whole that are criticizing her uh, uh, re- essentially as a woman for being too ambitious, uh, saying that, you know, this position that she gets if she becomes the vice president will be used kind of as a platform to jump into the presidency if and when uh, Joe Biden ends after four or eight years. Uh, but it's it's that kind of attitude is also being criticized uh, because there have been 13 or 14 male vice presidents who have succeeded and ascended into the presidency and have never been called uh, ambitious. And I think that this is a turning point for this country. If we see a female vice president that for one reason or another does have the ability now to move into uh, uh, the presidency, this is that glass ceiling that uh, that Hillary Clinton was trying to shatter four years ago.
0: All right, so Our neighbors to the south, they have a big election coming up. It's going to overwhelm all of the ads on the TV, all over the place. Uh, Not to mention the current president is really all over everything that we see. Twitter, social media, getting on the news. Uh, There's the tariff uh, battles going on now over aluminum. You name it. So... We have to watch as Canadians and see what happens. It's going to impact everybody. It's going to impact Alberta. It's going to impact pipelines to the BC, uh, to BC, excuse me, and all of that stuff. Now, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, it causes problems for the Trump camp with Reggie Cicchini giving us his insight.
4: Well, this is going to be problematic for for the Trump uh, for the Trump family and for the Trump campaign as they move forward and try to go after uh, somebody like Kamala Harris, because there are reports that are now coming out uh, based on election donations from years earlier. And in 2011 and 2013, Donald Trump donated six thousand dollars to uh, Kamala Harris campaign for attorney general and Ivanka Trump in 2014 uh, gave two thousand dollars. So this is going to make it more difficult now for them to go after and cr- try to criticize her, uh, her kind of political choices in the past because two members of the Trump family actively donated to a campaign that they wanted to see someone win in. So there are going to be hurdles now uh, that are going to have to be jumped by the Republican Party to get around that.
0: All right, there it is. There is all of the information for the announcements today down in the United States. Uh, Biden and Harris, Trump and Pence. That's the next bunch of weeks. So... I'll say if there's an election, there's going to be an election, but depending on who you believe, if there's an election coming up this fall, it's, uh, it's go time. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Um, before we uh, continue with the program, I think it might be worthwhile to um, just kind of get into a couple more good news stories. Don't you think there, Maddie? Might be all right? Good news. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Um, <laughs> good news. Cheers from Newfoundland. Brian, my wife and I just adopted our first kitten, and then she let me name him. I chose Mr. Puffy Jacket Man. Yes, I'm serious. That's the name I chose. I feel she may regret letting me pick the name. Good news, Brian. (laughs) Congratulations on your kitty, Mr. Puffy Jacket Man.
1: Yeah, I mean, he could have picked Potato Chip Gilbert. Potato Chip Gilbert. (laughs)
0: Potato Chip Gilbert. I mean... (laughs) That would be at least uh, come with a song, Brian. Next time, will you? I mean, you got to be like uh, Chris here, and you got to have the potato chip song for the potato chip cat.
5: I uh, I, I don't
1: even have a cat yet, but you've Just got a song. But you've got a name and a song, and that's important. Um, that's exactly. all that matters, man. I've got a I've got a friend, uh, friends who live in Toronto, uh, who have a cat with a really long name, and uh, it's. I'm sure I'm leaving out a couple names here, but basically the name is uh, Powderpuff Glitter Sparkle Faye Armstrong Third.
0: Really? Yeah. Cool. See, you know what you have to think of when you name your pet? Mm. If I lose my pet and I have to call out their name in the neighborhood, am I going to feel dumb?
1: <laughs> you Powderpuff. Potato chip. Potato chip. Here, boy.
5: No, I- Potato chip. i call him... Um, uh, I'd call call them like Popo or something for short. You know, something cute like that. Popo. Spud, maybe? You know, like Spud oh Spud, that's good. That's good. See, you right. you, you obviously have cat experience. Spud Gilbert. Spud well, the song, Gilbert. The song the song doesn't work. Um just talking about place names I uh, sorry cat names, you reminded me that New Zealand has the longest place name in the world. And have a place uh, yeah, of a place. And I want to tell you it. I have it in front of me, but it's so long that I can't read it. Um, so I'm just trying to, while I'm talking here and killing time on the radio, uh, frantically well, can, uh, Googling well, you, the phonics. You do that. Okay. And I'm going to, uh, I'll yeah, do get a couple more good news here. Yeah, I'll
0: get a couple of good news. You do your word separation on that, that big big word there. And, uh, and we'll get some more good news. Good news, Matt. Good news. Uh, John texted. He said, good news. The Leafs will win next year. Good news. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Uh, more good news along the same vein. The Leafs have been practicing social distancing from the Stanley Cup since 1967. Oh, nothing sick, like the commitment.
1: Sick burn. Sick burn, man.
0: Uh, more good news. Lou Cheech still has funk. That's true. He was dynamite again today. Uh, he just won the playoffs, that, that guy. Um, thank you very much for the text messages with the pictures. Um, that's pretty awesome. I'm just trying to see here what you... Okay, so I did get another login, so I can try to see some of the pictures. It's difficult. Um, good news. cat from Swan Lake, Ontario. After seven months without being able to afford a new vehicle, uh, she's got one.
1: Hey, all right, that is...
0: Congratulations, Cat, from Swan Lake, Ontario. Yeah,
1: with I would your say new... say that's good s- news, Matt. With your new sweet ride. Good news!
0: And in case you're wondering, it's green and it's a Mazda. Nice. Okay. Although, uh, now I know Cat's license plate, which is a custom plate, so it should be easy enough to find at Swan Lake. 877-399-9898. How you doing there, Chris, with separating the uh, the name into uh, something readable?
5: Good news. I got it. I got it, I got it. <laughs> it
0: Good news, Chris figured it out.
5: Yeah. It's uh, eighty-five characters long and it's pronounced <clears throat> uh mata ta faka ta na tamatia turipu kaka Kai, okay,
0: I'd like to apologize to all the listeners who so only tuned in for a little bit of it's that. It's Maori. That was not profanity.
1: It's not profanity. It's Maori. It's a language, people. Yes.
0: But Thank no. You. But if someone just tuned into part of that and they heard that, they would think that that would not have been the cleanest thing in the world. But <laughs> I almost um, it's That's not button. what it was. I promise.
5: It's the longest <laughs> yes. place name in the world.
0: For all of the uh, all the local operators on the show who just hit the dump button and bleeped us out for a few seconds. They're now uh, racist. Um, no, the good news is, is that even if they did bleep us out for four seconds, Chris, the name still would have mostly been heard. That no, That's true. And it if, was quite slow. Say, and if yeah.
1: you named a cat that, you'd be like, hey, mother, f-, you know. <laughs> 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 uh,
5: hey, mother trucker.
0: I think it was it was Fuku, wasn't it? said yes, it was fuku. Uh,
5: well, no, th- there, there There's is... There's a few th- words in there. there no, there are, there are two syllables in there that go together, definitely.
0: All right, so I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read this anyway. Um, dog and cat names, because uh, it seems to be where we're going. Oh, my God, when the neighbors moved in next door, I could hear them screaming the B word in the alley. So, obviously, I went to my yard to see what was going on. He had named his dog... Um, uh, da, 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 da. Sorry, I had to open it up. Oh, he had named his dog Bitches. <laughs> here, here, biatches.
1: Here, That's biatches. right.
0: So he, he named it and it was dog. He lost his dog in the alley, and he was calling his dog Bitches. I suppose that one qualifies kind of like Shit's Creek, right? Like when you're talking about the TV show, you can say it.
1: Oh, yeah. It's all in context.
0: Right? That's good. So where is this place, Chris, in New Zealand?
5: It's in the North Island. It's in the Hawke's Bay. So if you look at a map of New Zealand uh, on the east coast of the North Island, it looks like it's had a large bite taken out of it, uh, like an apple. Uh, that's that's the Hawke's Bay. It's north of where I'm from. And that's where this town is. You can go and... Oh, no, you can't go and visit it. Sorry. <laughs> what am I saying? No one can go there.
0: <laughs> can you imagine oh, you the could. sign?
5: Oh, yeah. How many... If, if g- you, if you Google Kilometers longest to... place name in the world, yeah, if you just Google longest place name in the world, you'll see the sign. It's really long.
0: All right. Longest place name in the world. We will, uh, I'll get that up on the Twitter. Oh my God, look how long that
5: is. Yeah, it's great radio. That's for sure.
0: Whoa. Oh, and it does, it like it lists it out as one of the options up at the top. Tahu.
5: Don't Ta-o read
0: it again. Ma-ta don't, no, don't, don't try. Okay. Uh, another texture, 877-399-9898. Hello, guys. My wife and I had a cat. She called it Kinky. Here, Kinky, Kinky, Kinky. I just about died every time she went out calling the damn thing. What a name for a cat. Thanks, guys. Lyle from Camloops. That's cute.
5: <laughs> my, um, my best friend just got a new kitten, and they called it Ron Magic Johnson.
0: <laughs> Ron Magic Johnson?
5: Yeah, it's a, it's a girl. It's a girl named Ron. And uh, yeah, his middle name is Magic Johnson. I think like one of my friends wanted to call it Ron and their partner wanted to call it Magic Johnson. So they called it Ron Magic Johnson. (laughs) That's good. I
0: like the normal human names for the pets, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. I had a dog named Cedric. Mm, I like that. Cedric's a good dog named Monty. Good handle.
1: I, I picture it wearing a monocle or something.
0: Well, if you ever met him, you would you be like, yeah, that's a Cedric. He probably should wear a top hat, that guy. And a bow tie. Uh, that dog named Monty. He would have eaten your face. And then a, a girl dog, her name was Abby. And if you met her, she'd be like, yeah, that's an Abby. She slobbers a lot. I'm not saying, don't take offense to all the Abbeys in the world that maybe I'm saying that all the Abbeys slobber. I'm not. But um, she did. Anyway. All right. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your texts are welcome. Please feel free to send those in. Um, it's good news Tuesday ish, so we will continue with the good news. Uh, first, though, I guess we should probably dig into uh, some are you ok's here and see what's going on in the world of uh, of stupid stories. There it is. Are you okay with anti-vaxer witches? Are you okay with anti-vaxxer
1: witches? You know, like those anti-vaxxer witches are giving, you know, legitimate true witches a bad name. <laughs> oh, you're going to say you're giving anti-vaxxers a bad name.
0: Oh, that was good. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> but it's true. Like people, there's like practicing witches and, you know, it's stories like this that give them the, I mean, witches already have a tough time already. I know.
5: It's true. Come on. I know it it's, like it's that, I right. mean
0: things are better now for witches than they used to be let's be honest.
5: Are they though? I mean I feel like they're getting less media attention. You know, well, it, they it's are. harder. To, well I feel like you know the stigma is much I mean the consequences of the stigma aren't as severe but you know try to try try having anyone take you seriously as a witch these days compared to the olden days, you know back then they witches were a serious business. Now you got well, to they fight were, for they everything were,
0: Definitely afraid you're going to have to fight with everyone else trying to get attention. I imagine the stories from Victoria. I imagine some witch in downtown Victoria with her corner shop with cauldrons and ghouls and bats and everything for sale. The bats, I mean, alone, that's going to work against the witches.
5: Victoria, Australia, not Victoria, BC.
0: Victoria, I'm imagining Victoria, BC. um, And all of these witches trying to go through this, I mean, at least they can open up a store and they can call it, you know, witchy witchcrafter. And and not no, get it, burned at the stake for it.
5: Exactly. It still works because there are, there are plenty of bats and, and other witchy things in Melbourne. So, the, the All, yeah, right. All right. It sticks.
0: Fair enough. All right. People might be losing it in Victoria, Australia. A video posted to Twitter today shows supposedly a witch over her cauldron in a residential backyard, because why wouldn't you? Cursing the state's premier out of office over mandatory vaccinations, Melbourne posted 316 new cases yesterday.
2: Call forth the rain to bless and cleanse this rite. I call forth the heavens to open and bear down upon us on this day and on this night. Cleanse this government and all its ill will. Banish from state, territory, capital and the hill. Punish them. Make them accountable by law. Lift the restrictions. No to mandatory masking. No to mandatory vaccinations, reopen our economy for as we will it, so moat it be. Huh,
5: <laughs> poof, little, little firecracker at the end. <laughs> Alakazam. There.
0: Wow, I uh, you know, the witch with the Australian accent doesn't sound as scary as it does with the old English accent. Just saying,
5: yeah,
1: and it's it's very odd because witches. You know, we're pretty progressive and very open-minded to the, you know, the spiritual arts. But, you know...
0: Spiritual arts.
1: Yeah. This is I think they odd. call
0: that the dark arts, Matt. It yeah. was the dark arts. That's why they burned.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's a good thing that people are more open-minded now.
0: It is true, because the less people <laughs> that, you know, get drowned to see if they're a witch or burned at the stake is good for everybody, I would say. Um That's, uh, just so you know, Melbourne posted 360 new cases today. Not Australia not the state, Melbourne, um, but not, not, not to be worried um, uh, or, or is equally as dangerous as Auckland, New Zealand in their four cases.
5: Just <laughs> I just like, you know, if, if you're a witch, then why don't you just, you know, stop it? I mean, instead of getting some politician to resign, why don't you just do a, do a spell to get rid of the disease? Is that how it works? Matt, you seem to know a lot about these things.
0: <laughs> Matt, you're a witch. <laughs>
1: I'm not a witch, but I'm you know I'm an appreciator of the dark arts. Um, can you just make a make a spell and make and make the make the whole thing stop? I mean, oh
0: voodoo doll. Can we get a voodoo doll?
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing is you know witchcraft can you know as as an appreciator of the dark arts that I am, witchcraft can only go so far. Like you might need science and medical science to intervene in this case
0: i don't know man i think you're losing faith in the dark arts
1: it's disappointing and there's only so much that you know boiling frogs and you know getting a you know getting your cauldron already that's there's only so much that that can do i think in this case i although i don't know we haven't tried witchcraft yet
0: all right we should give it a go i think that if we could find um an effigy um, and, you know, do the voodoo doll thing, we could try to pull this off. Like, I think that's how we're going to cure the COVID, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, like, what the hell? Like, I think people are going to get we, desperate enough to, to, to really go into their inner darkness and, uh, <laughs> and try and find a
0: solution. Right? I agree. Chris is going to die. Um, we, we should. I think if we got an effigy of, of the virus with this little Shrek ears things that stick out of it um, that, that you see on the internet, which is that's clearly a photograph, um uh the virus in the wild and if we got an effigy of that and we could i think we could do this i think we could i think we might have this it's worth a shot anyway um, this is good this is the shift daily podcast let's get ourselves started here with dave scott spaced out radio joining us now uh here dave are you there
3: you're pointing in i am we're there just telling our audience we we're just joining in with you how are you doing mm-hmm. i'm wonderful how are you doing today you had a day Oh, tell me about it. I got new glasses today. And, you know, about halfway through the afternoon, man, I started getting one of those those migraines because my eyes weren't used to the new prescription. And next thing I know, I'm seeing D- DJ Jazzy Jeff and the French Prince of Bel-Air absolutely everywhere. Gave me a migraine back <laughs> to like 1992. And I've had <laughs> enough, man. I've had enough
0: oh that's so good thanks for tying that all together uh there's just talk of that show coming back as a reboot but not as a comedy but a drama anyway dave scott it's not what we're here for today we wanted to talk last week we kind of got into the paranormal conversation and we actually incidentally just got into witches uh conversation here just a little while ago uh unrelated um because there was a story out of australia about a witch trying to do some spelling down in australia uh to get rid of the COVID and make the politicians do the right things but here in canada uh there there are so many amazing stories there are so many amazing ghost stories of places and i i've been really drawn to these places i love these places i have plenty oh ghost stories myself um and i thought that maybe we could get into that would that be all right with you
3: oh but well, we can go wherever you want i mean i'm always up for a little woo You know, talk about some hauntings, some ghosts, some creepy stuff. Let's do this.
0: All right, let's dig into how's your list of, uh, how's your familiarity with haunted places in Canada? Where, what would you start with being, you know, one of the most haunted places if you, if we had to choose one to talk about? Because I got a couple. Um, Where, where would you, where would
3: you want to start? I would suggest starting in British Columbia. And the reason why is maybe I'm a little biased over this, but the Gold Rush Trail that leads from the Canada-U.S. border straight up to the Yukon is one of the most haunted places that we have. Look, we have a lot of Canadian history of battles and conflicts and battlefields out east. But when it comes to the West, I would highly suggest that any paranormal investigator takes on the gold rush trail you have murder you have deception you have people dying on this trail trying to find gold and strike it rich you have people freezing to death you have absolutely everything is the west was so unorganized when it came to to colonization that all of a sudden there's all this gold and everybody goes into a frenzy and it is one rough tough part of the paranormal world that nobody really really checks out you know we have a lot of paranormal investigators who will who will go to the like haunted houses buildings courtrooms bars whatever but you think about it there were millions of people at that time which was a big number who were traveling between california and right up to the klondike who are trying to find their gold prospect to hit it rich and that was a violent time. There was no Royal Canadian Mounted Police. There was no police. People were their own cops and vigilantes. All right. People were robbing each other, murdering each other, stealing from each other. Violent time. And the ghost, uh, it living, literally I am about three quarters of a mile east of me is the original Gold Rush Trail. And I just think what kind of spirits are walking along there and the stories they could tell.
0: Now that's a, it's an incredibly long trail though, isn't it? Doesn't that go basically from Vancouver to like Winnell or Prince George, like all the way up there? Like it goes quite far.
3: Oh, it, it, it goes right to Alaska. I mean, this trail is, yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, everybody uh, across Canada has probably heard of Barkerville. That was one of the main hubs in traveling North to the Klondike and Barkerville is an extremely haunted museum town. Now, I mean, you, could call it a ghost town because literally that's what it is so i mean you go to barkerville they had a large chinese community which uh is very very uh spiritual back then and uh, there's a lot of ghosts in the chinese community of barkerville you have a lot of the miners that are still you know potentially holding up people trying to steal their gold it's incredible it's incredible when you do that trail you know, next, I would oh. say it would be out east near Niagara Falls, where there was a large oh. battlefield, in the, Lane. you know, between, yes, yes, large battlefields around that area. And, you know, our battlefields here in Canada don't get the press of Gettysburg in the United States during the Civil War. We had a couple of wars back there, okay? You had Canada versus the United States in 1812, where the Canadians won, of course. You know, the Americans will beg to differ, but we won. And, you know, and I say that for my American audience that's tuned in on my side. And then you also have the battle between the English and the French. So there's a couple of large battlefields around the Niagara Falls area where literally thousands of soldiers died and very few paranormal investigators have actually gone there to see how haunted it really is. So, for Canadians who are like, I want to go paranormal investigation, do paranormal investigations down at Gettysburg, we have our own. We just never talk about it. We never do it because we're not as proud about our history as a lot of other countries, namely our neighbors to the south in the U.S. And if we were to go on a ghost tour, that's where I would want to go. That's where
0: you go. So down there, there's, um, I mean, th- that's where the stories of some very familiar names, Sir Isaac Brock. Um it was there, I mean that was his battle, Laura Seacord, who overheard the Americans Laura in Secorded. one of those battles and then came back yes. right I mean there's a there's a there's a big good uh, uh good solid uh, pudding there. good solid pudding um there's a uh there's a big statue for her and for Sir Isaac Brock down there with fort george and then um and the, but there's everything else that went on down there because there's the Merritt house um which I worked in um there, which is a radio station now in saint Catharines. and that Merritt house is tied to um I think it's William Hamilton Merritt. And so he was like War of 1812. And then not only that, there's also the Merritt Tunnel, which was prohibition, slaves. In that house, you open a door and there's like these archways that are all bricked in. And I'll tell you a story about that house. So I had a great Dane, and um, uh, his -hmm. name was Cedric. We were just talking about uh, pet names on the show. And at the top of the stairs, big spiral staircase in that house, it's a mansion and the, he were standing there and all of a sudden he just basically runs out of the back of the house he runs down the stairs he literally pees nonstop all the way out the back door just out of the blue pipe smoke you could smell it out of the blue uh cold people feeling that they get pushed out down the stairs um like it's amazing the 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 uh the different levels of stuff that happen there and um And there was a time when I came in, I remember I walked in and I was on the main floor and I had to pre-record a radio show and I could hear the vacuum running. And I swear we went through cleaning people every couple of weeks in that house because they were there at nighttime. And I went in and I was recording uh, my show and I heard the vacuum stop and I, I just slid open the door a little bit and I said, Hey, just so you know, I'm in here recording. And the cleaning person said, Oh good. I thought I heard someone upstairs and there's nobody else there. There's nobody upstairs. I wasn't upstairs. I was downstairs. Cleaning person was downstairs. So like those kinds of things happen every single day in that place, and that's right in the heart of Niagara. Um, like it's it's a oh yeah, it, boy, that place is
3: absolutely ripe for stories. Oh yeah. Then you have then if you want to go more modern, you have a lot of suicides from people with broken hearts because Niagara Falls is supposed to be you know one of the most romantic places in the world all right so you have people who have had their hearts broken maybe you know engagements that you were hoping to say yes and and the other person said no all right there's a lot of depression in that area too so i mean it all ties together with a with a real grave history pun intended about the hauntings that are literally around that area so canada is full of hauntings okay and the one thing that I noticed and this is probably a big mistake by a lot of the paranormal teams out there. they I mean, you know as well as I do, every Canadian knows that 90% of our population lives within 100 kilometers or 62 miles of the Canada-U.S. border. All right? And when you start going a little bit north, there is so much uncharted territory for paranormal investigators. You know... To check out, to find those old stories, to find those gems of hauntings that really should exist, but nobody's ever investigated. It is like prime virgin territory for the paranormal. And very few are actually taking advantage of that, which is kind of sad because, you know, we may be able to find out a lot more of our history if you believe in it. Okay, may be able to find out a lot more about Canadian history through the ghosts who have been silent for so long and they're just waiting to talk to someone. And yes, ghosts mm-hmm. do talk. You can uh, capture them on digital voice recorders. You can capture them on videos. You can capture them on what they call ghost boxes. There's a lot of things that you can capture evidence on. And when you start putting the puzzle pieces together, just maybe we might be able to learn a little bit more about the heritage. Yeah so good oh my god there's so many
0: places i want to ask about oh, yeah. uh do you want to get into let's get into oh uh, first i wanted to just bring up a couple can i just bring up a couple um just yeah. for the sake of being thorough and naming them um in Napanee, ontario there's the alan mcpherson house which is like uber creepy in prescott there's the fort wellington national historic site which is that's like full on garrison thing like that's oh my god that's like war of 1812 mm-hmm. um you know upper canada's oh, yeah. holy moly um, they, that's freaky. And then, um, we can get into the hotels and inside the hotels. Of course, we get into some of the obvious ones. We get into the Banff Springs hotel, Fort Gary, uh, hotel in Manitoba. There's yeah. that one. Of course, then we get into Victoria. There's Craig Darrow house and then there's Hatley castle. Oh my God. Where do you want to start?
3: Well, we could go anywhere. I mean, uh, you know, there's some some brilliant places out there. I'm more of a fan of the more obscure spots, okay? Like you take Quesnel, British Columbia. They have a museum there. It has a doll named Mandy the Haunted Doll.
5: Oh, now, Mandy doll. is in a
3: curio cabinet. And Mandy, I will tell you this, she nearly killed a friend of mine. Uh, she put another friend under a trance where they couldn't snap him out of it for about ten minutes. Uh, she is known as one of the ten most haunted dolls in the world. If you look at her, her ceramic face is cracked. Uh, you're not. You're supposed to ask permission to take her picture, and it is. Oh, she's creepy. I'm not going to lie. She is creepy. Uh, now there My hasn't shivers. been anything weird where the. They haven't recorded her yet coming out of her uh, curio cabinet, much like Robert the doll or Annabelle, the famous two dolls down in the States, even though there's a bunch more. But there are people who claim that that she is dangerous. A good buddy of mine, Merle, he was up there doing a paranormal investigation, and and he decided that, you know, as he was working around Mandy, setting up the the cameras for their investigation that night, He made eye contact with her. The next thing he knows, he thinks he's going out to his vehicle to grab a snack. But instead of going to his vehicle, he walks straight towards the highway. And if he wasn't stopped by another member of his crew who saw him acting weird, he was heading right for the highway, probably to be hit by a vehicle. Wow. He came within about 15, 20 feet of the highway. And then when the other person on his team, Jeff, grabbed a hold of him, snapped him out of it, Merle went right into like uh, almost sickness, like convulsions, like he was going to vomit and not feeling well. And and he needed water and everything. He had no idea how he got that close to the highway, all because of Mandy. Hmm.
0: It's amazing. Dolls always ruin everything, man. That's like the pet cemetery stuff. Oh yes. Scares the daylights
3: oh, out of me. Scares the daylights, scare the daylights out of me. Out of
0: me. So good. There are, but they, I mean, it's not all bad stories. I mean, some of the, the, the ghosts are, are like, there's, there's some of these places have been part of the slave trade, where um, in a good way, helping slaves escape out of the States. And some of the slaves uh, as they got into Canada died there, but still live there because they're grateful to be Canadians. You hear some of those stories. So yeah. scary as they might be, they're not all bad.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We get a lot of stories like that out of Halifax, okay, where the underground railroad really took a lot of people into uh, you know, into their freedom during the slave trade in the United States back in the 171800s. And there those areas they said that there's a lot of peace, there's a lot of harmony, a lot of love. When the ghosts come to talk, because paranormal investigators who go down there, these people are getting freedom for the first time maybe in their lives. So all of a sudden they're walking out and they're like, what is this? And the communication that I've heard from there has been absolutely fantastic. Love it.
0: So let me ask you a question, because yeah. you guys do so much about space and aliens and everything um, in that that, yes. that realm. Does you ever think that some of the stories that people share because they've experienced, do you think there's crossover between the aliens and the ghosts? Definitely. Or maybe a One misunderstanding. Things,
3: you know, no, no. No, I think you're absolutely right. One of the things we discuss a lot on our show is that there seems to be this invisible thread that is sewn in between all of the phenomena. So from ghosts to UFOs and aliens to cryptid creatures like Bigfoot and Dogman to consciousness. Now, a lot of the major researchers out there, I think of of people like, like John Tenney, I think people like David Weatherly, Grant Cameron out of Winnipeg, they are pushing uh, their investigation to this whole different level because up until a number of years ago, there were very few who actually believed that there was a tie between, say, aliens and Bigfoot or aliens and ghosts. But the more they have investigated and the more they have interviewed people who have had multiple experiences, those who say have had interactions with ghosts, all of a sudden start noticing that shortly after, they look up in the sky and there's UFOs, and they've never seen UFOs before. Or they go out in the forest and they find Bigfoot tracks, or they see something anomalous in the forest. And they can't understand why all of a sudden all of this is happening to them. There are a number of people in Canada alone that this is happening to, right across the nation. You know, I know a young lady in Prince George, B.C. named, named Samantha, where she literally has, has seen everything. And she doesn't know why, she doesn't know how, but this is something that she has had happen almost her entire life. And those are the people where we need to study them a little bit more, because there's answers there. What those answers are, we have no clue, because the science in regards to this and the research is still quite new. And the unfortunate part about it is many investigators out there are strictly I'm I'm investigating ghosts. That's all I want to do. I may not believe in Bigfoot. I may not believe in UFOs or those subjects don't interest me. And so we have all of these brilliant investigators that have segregated themselves into one portion of the field. But there are very few out there that are actually taking the time to try and figure out if there is any type of correlation between them all and i think that is going to be the new case for a lot of investigators as they move forward because they're going to see that there are ties between everything and it's interesting because there shouldn't be they're, they're so different yet experiencers are having the same things happen over and over
0: thanks for listening to the podcast tune into the show online or on the radio.